Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Talking Disney Classics podcast. And this is a show where we talk about the Disney canon. And it's always fun when we have a new film from Walt Disney Animation Studios, one of their animated classics, as they like to call it, to talk about. And we do with the new film, Strange World. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford's here. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, all is well. Thank you. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and I am excited to talk with you about this film. We have got a lot to unpack <laughs> on this film. <laughs> Holy smokes. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. This is the 61st Disney animated classic. It's from director Don Hall, written by and co-directed by Queen Nugent and produced by Roy Conley. Uh, and it is inspired by Pulp Magazine from the 1950s, which is a, an interesting uh, approach. And it follows the uh, Clade family <laughs> as they go apart. They're exploring the, the world of Avalonia, the outer world, I guess. Yes. <laughs> and follows this family. And going into this, what was what was your... I know you got to see clips at animations film yes what were you kind of going in were you were you nervous about it how are you feeling well actually i was looking forward to it you know roy i got to hear roy conley talk about it for about an hour and he showed some clips and a lot of concept art and you know just gave some history of the of the production and i was looking forward to it you know i i i even you know the images i thought were all quite stunning that you know that, that were shown all you know that were either released or part of that presentation really released prior or that presentation you know that I, that I saw and then also you know Roy, Roy Colling was really emphasizing the themes of like family legacy you know mm-hmm. and talking about these three generations of of men that were kind of central to the story and of course, he didn't give anything away, you know, about the really about the plot or, or anything. But I, I, you know, I was I, I was I was excited, and but then also I've been just confused because, as you and I have talked about too, and I know we'll continue to talk about it on the podcast. But the marketing has been so questionable for this film, and and so so it was a combination of I was excited because I got to see some of this pre stuff from Roy Conley, and then also just like. I don't know quite what to expect now because this marketing has been really sucky. (laughs) I mean, it's so weird because Disney from the practically the very beginning, if they didn't have faith in a movie, if they didn't like it, then they would, they would just kind of put it out there. And (laughs) which is so weird to me. And sometimes it would still sort of gain, either gain a cult following or would still sort of leg out a, a uh, over the year over the the it would leg out a box office win somehow something like robin hood you know that that they didn't like because they used so much recycled animation and uh and or even 100 dalmatians that uh that you know walt disney didn't like but did well because people liked it and didn't agree with him yeah (laughs) but it's just funny to me i mean my friends were telling me that they were in disney world and there was not a single piece of marketing for for strange world in disney world which is just amazing you just kind of can't believe it you know <laughs> yeah it's just like you just wonder how much yeah faith disney had and also 
clearly the Disney company is going through stuff right yes. now. Yes. Uh, and I think, you know, the leading up to leading up to it, where you just wonder if some of these teams that are kind of bringing Disney down, <laughs> you know, were mm-hmm. responsible for the marketing and like, no wonder, no wonder Chapik was, you know, I mean, to me, yeah, to me, it's crazy because if you think about it, like most of the marketing, certainly within their own properties and then on social media is so cheap. I can understand not wanting to put out billboards uh, and, you know, not doing Super Bowl ads or something like, you know, something very expensive. I can understand not wanting to, to do that on a f- film that you don't love, but like putting out a, putting out a, a, a viral Twitter campaign, you know, kind of thing. That's, basically free. I mean, in the world of marketing, it's free, super cheap. And so why you wouldn't at least do that is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, I felt like in a way I had a bit of a leg up because in the Roy Conley presentation, as Uh I'll I'll keep referring to it as, you know, at at animation as film, he introduces to these specific characters, you know, so we got to meet Jaeger Clay, you know, the you know the, the the initial guy, the explorer, mm-hmm. and, and then his son, Searcher Clade, right, voiced by Jake Gyllenhaal, and then Ethan Clade, you know the uh, you know basically his grand you know his grandson, right, and so we got to be these three specific, and, and that was very much his focus, and so but like the posters, the posters are those three men and like the dog, maybe that splat character too, that little you know that that uh, yeah, so weird, just like all like getting wrapped up in in the tentacles of one of the creatures on, from the strange world, and you know you look at that poster and you, I mean so and you're not necessarily that the poster has to explain stuff, but you're just like what is this? And there's no there's not not like any like mystery or like I, it doesn't like pull me in. You know, I think part of it. I think part of it is they were really. It seems like they were really obsessed with the idea of this big reveal, and then we'll and we'll talk about that more. But I think I wonder if they felt like if they advertise that they're going to give it away, they're going to yeah. give away the big reveal. But the re- big reveal was completely obvious and stupid <laughs> from the very beginning. So that was a very dumb I reason. Know. I agree because yeah, that's a really good point. It just. And, and 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 you know Roy Conley didn't give any of it away. Yeah. And but still, yeah, it's just like this, the big reveal was so ho hum mm-hmm. that yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm also surprised yeah. that they didn't have this in 3D at least at the screening. I don't know if it is in 3D. It somewhere. is in 3D. I know, okay. I know, and, and I, and that's something that I was, I, I don't know how many screenings there are, but I think it's, I know it's in real D 3d. And I think I saw like there was one or two screenings at a Cinemark, you know, that was doing oh, it. Really? And, and I don't know how many they're doing every day. And also since it's tanking so quickly, but it's still, you know, at least probably through next Thursday, you know, I'm thinking there might be a chance to still see in 3d, but I wouldn't be surprised if this gets pulled. From theaters yeah, pretty quickly. I, mean, I I would not be surprised at all if we have Strange World on Disney Plus by Christmas. Oh, absolutely, no question. Yeah. I I I'm with you, Rach, and and uh, I wonder. I mean, you know, as as we we've seen, the box office is absolutely dreadful for this film. I can't remember the numbers. I just I just read them. 
a few minutes ago. But yeah. it's, I think, one of the poorest performing films from Walt Disney Animation Studios in a really long time. Ever. Yeah. yeah. Maybe ever. My goodness. It's certainly the worst one, I mean, since The Black Cauldron. I mean, I don't have those numbers in front of me, but it's... Yeah. Let me see. I'll look it up real quick. Well, that's good of you to to do that. Thank you. Because I just, you know, and I, 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 you know, I hope we can kind of try to at least unpack our opinions. Please. Yes. So, Strange World. I'm looking on Box Office Mojo. So, the grosses right now as of saturday right of thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. when we're recording this around 24 million dollars for the extended thanksgiving weekend wow that's really low yeah let me see one other thing real quick when like frozen 2 earned that like in its first two hours at release, <laughs> probably right so Chicken Little, just in contrast, uh, did f- forty million on its opening, opening weekend. weekend. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember if that opened up Thanksgiving weekend or not. I remember seeing it at theaters. It, November fourth. So just before. Oh, okay. And twenty-seven, thirty-two. Yeah, yeah, forty million. So it's it's bad. It's really really bad. Yeah. And you know, but actually, Chicken Little was number one at the yeah, box office. at the box office opening weekend. And you know, I think that I mean, there's so many things. There are so many factors going on, Rachel. I think too. Not that there's necessarily you know excuse, but hopefully, again, we'll we'll uh, we'll kind of dissect some of the stuff. But you know, the theaters just aren't that crowded, except for yeah. like big tentpole movies. Like the last time I was in a full theater where every seat was filled was in was seeing spider-man uh no way home last no no top no gun way. maverick top gun maverick was almost full like when mm. i saw it i don't think the theater was completely full spider-man i swear like even the front row you know yeah. was was uh was full like in the local yeah. you know, the imax theater that i went to what's the name of this of the spider-man movie am i calling it right no, no way home. There's right? no way home, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it was the one that I don't want to mess it up with the with that second one that I know was not great, but uh, far from home. That was far, far from home. home. That's yeah. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Anyway, I digress. But <laughs> but anyway, but I but you know, and people just aren't going to. The, I just wonder too, like how much stre- you know people's streaming habits and expectations yeah. played into this. I, I mean, it's true when you know that you can see it in, you know, just a few weeks yeah. and it hasn't been marketed well. The early buzz wasn't good. It got a horrible cinema score. It got yeah. the worst cinema score ever since they've been tabulating it in the 90s. Wow. Uh, and I mean, they say a B, but for an animated film, that's a very low. Oh, that's very, low. Very low. Yeah. Very low. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are some horror films that get, that get in the bees, but typically, typically family films and, and animated films usually are in the A's. Yeah. And cause that's the thing with the cinema scores. Like most people, when they go to see a film, they usually end up 
like enjoying it fine, you know, so they mm-hmm. answer the question. So it's pretty rare. Of course, you do have those movies to get like F cinema scores, uh, like uh, um, the uh, uh, mother, Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> oh, interesting. You got an F. <laughs> yeah, that one got an F. The There's actually a movie. The um, uh, There's a, what's it called? There's a movie called Lucky Numbers uh-huh. uh, that is a Nora Ephron film, but it's the only one that she directs that she didn't actually write. That she didn't write. So that's the key. Yeah. And I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> is that with John Travolta yes. and with Lisa Kudrow? Isn't yeah. that? Okay. Yeah. It got an F cinema score famously. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, it's not a great movie, but I don't think it's- it deserves. I wouldn't say it's one of like the all time worst. <laughs> interesting <laughs> and everybody has their uh their flops uh but anyway yeah i don't know if an animated film has ever gotten an f cinema score uh, thankfully but clearly this b is this not one, maybe sausage party I, i'm not sure what that yeah sausage like. party i think it seemed like <laughs> it got pretty low I did think. they get a b minus or something i'm trying something to remember like that, yeah low, yeah low. yeah but uh, anyway so the it starts out with this this pulp magazine 1950s aesthetic at the beginning Which is with kind of my favorite part of the movie <laughs> agreed the uh, 2d animation and i i it's so funny you say that because i wrote in my notes the beginning you feel the pulp magazine aesthetic and with the 2d animation it's the best part of the film <laughs> <laughs> yep Yes, uh, and it's kind of got that old film reel style, like yes, like the beginning of Up. Exactly, kind of a combination mm-hmm. of the film reel style and with like comic book printing style, you know, with this mm-hmm. with the yeah. the pixelated or I don't know what necessarily called, but all the you know all the different dots and colors and and whatnot. It was I loved it. I just I yeah. wanted to rewind it and watch it again. You know that that portion and fun music. Yeah, you know, there's kind of that that fun little song there, the clades or whatever going You're on right. with, you know, <laughs> and then Henry Jackman wrote. I thought that yeah. was fun. Presenting Jigger Clade, who <laughs> exactly. fears no, 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 no fear. Yeah, fun. yeah, that was fun. And uh, yeah, it, the, and it kind of gets you excited for what you're going to be seeing. And the animation throughout is beautiful. Uh, the animation is gorgeous, I yeah. think. Yeah, the I have issues with the world building itself, but as far as yes. the movement and the colors and things like that are really nice. Yeah, really gorgeous. I mean, mm-hmm. just yeah, Disney clearly is just still does such amazing animation. And even though maybe we're getting a little tired of this kind of the 3D style, I still thought they brought a lot of beauty and depth to it. I loved, I loved the look of the film a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you see where animation is going with movies, this whole spider verse hybrid 2d, 3d aesthetic is so stunning. And I'm such a huge fan of it. Yeah. So, and, and so entertaining, you know, so yeah. wonderful to watch. Mitchell's versus the machines, spider verse, and uh, this new Puss in boots movie, which mm-hmm. I just, I was telling my friends, I'm like, save your money and go see Puss in Boots Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so amazing. It looks so great. I love the bad guys as, as far as the animation style. And so that's very exciting to me. And I would love to see Disney kind of expand a yeah, little bit more from, from this sort of aesthetic. But it's still nice looking. It's so pretty. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. 
And it was nice to see them like doing something different. They they hadn't done a they haven't done a male led film since Big Hero Six, right? Because Raya yeah. and and Kanto Frozen Two. I guess I guess Robert's Internet is. Yeah, Robert's not- Internet. You know. Zootopia, I guess it is kind of male and female, given you know with Nick, that's true, and Judy, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but that was nice, and I I like that they tried to show a different kind of family than we've ever seen before, or since, or certainly you have to go back to like Meet the Robinsons or something like that to have like such a kind of broken, messy family and dynamic. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, and all the voice acting is nice. I had no, I had no problems with any of the voice acting. Yeah, me neither. I thought that yeah, the voice, the voice talent was solid. You know. Yeah, and I uh, liked Henry Jackman's score. I thought it was a fun adventure score. I thought his score was excellent too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. My problem with the movie, I mean, there are a bunch of problems, but my my problem, my biggest problem that would make me have it pretty low on my ranking and make me really not have much of a desire to watch it again is that I just grew really tired of all the fighting and I I just found the characters to be very unlikable and difficult to root for. And like from the very, very beginning, Jaeger Clade will not listen to his son at all to searcher. Uh, he's you know trying to tell him about this plant that he's found. He will not just stop just to listen for five seconds. And then searcher is bad about doing that with Ethan. And they all just fight the whole time. Like I, one of my, one of the best parts of the movie in this grand explorer movie is when they're all stuck in a closet. <laughs> you know, and you shouldn't say that. Like that shouldn't be the case, but it is true. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just found them it really unpleasant. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I and I don't and I don't fault for that because that's a real, I, you know. I guess the script is one of the things that's probably I think very problematic about about this. And the fighting didn't necessarily bug me as much, but it, it, as you talk about, it, I was like, oh yeah, that's true. That's really <laughs> there was so much fighting going on. I guess I was still, I, I was so intrigued by the by the three generation relationships that I guess I was letting some of that go as I was trying to figure out, I wonder how they're going to resolve this, you know, between mm-hmm. these three, between these three generations. Cause you know, both of these dads are flawed. Yes. In, you know, it's in major ways. Well, in, but then I... also, but then also in some ways they're really great. So, so uh, anyway, well, I was, I, I... I was saying on Hallmark uh, podcast, there was a movie that they did this year that on Hallmarkies podcast that that was very argumentative in tone, and I really disliked it. And for me personally, if you're going to have characters like outright quarrel and fight, like the payoff needs to be there, and I need to feel it, and I need to be emotional, yeah. and you know, like just feel it. And I, the payoff was not there for me with this. And so I just left kind of feeling, oh. <laughs> yeah. Not, uh, like I mean, I'm try. 
as I go through, because there are other problems, and I'm having a hard time when I think about my ranking, having a hard time not having it in my bottom 10. Yeah. 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 I really, uh, that what makes just, it for you go in the, in your bottom 10 too? I mean, what is, is it just really just the unlikable characters are so unlikable. And this, yeah, you know, the fighting, is that really the fighting is the fighting. Like, let me look at just once. Let me pull it up. So I have it here. Are you a fan of Rachel's reviews? Do you look forward to family movie night, female film critics panels, or the talking Disney podcast? If so, please consider supporting the podcast by becoming a patron. As a patron, you get to access monthly events such as the watch alongs and Q and A's where you get to talk to stars and find out the behind the scenes of the movie making industry. And you can pick what I review for family movie night, or even become a guest on the podcast Podcasts and YouTube channels are expensive and I really, really could use your help. I would so appreciate it. You also get to be a member of the Facebook group where we talk about all the films that we're seeing and we have so much fun. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies and select one of the Rachel's fan tiers. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. About my ranking, I would probably have it at like 55. I mean, I think I'd rather watch The Rescuers, you know, I don't love that. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> I would have it above uh, The Black Cauldron, Salutus Amigos, Brother Bear, Chicken Little, Dinosaur, and Home on the Range. Because <laughs> those are just... Those are... But yeah, so but still. Annoying. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have it, anyway. I have it. Oh, I guess well, I, I can relate a little bit, but <laughs> mine's not much higher. I'll just put it that way. We can, we'll, 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 we'll get to it. Yeah, okay. uh, or should I say now? I mean, since we're talking about it, what would you recommend? Yeah, you can so I, I have my, I have it at 47. Yeah, it's not that much yeah, higher so than not, me. Not that much higher. No. I mean, I would rather, because I have like Sword in the Stone at 51. I would rather watch Sword in the Stone than this. See, I have it just right above. So I have right it in above, between yeah. Rick and Ralph and Sword of the Stone. Because <laughs> I don't really care for Sword of the Stone. Oh, you have Wreck It Ralph that low, huh? Yeah, I don't like Wreck It Ralph. I like I, mean, I don't I like it, but I, I have like, it at 41. I, I like Ralph Breaks the Internet a lot. Yeah, a lot, same. You know, as we've discussed. But yeah. I have Ralph Breaks the Internet at 31. Which so Yeah, me too. Really I, I have it at 31 as well. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those where we're tied. Yeah. Yes. But I don't know. I just didn't like the fact that. So Jager Clay won't listen to Sun Searcher when he's sitting there. He's got this new discovery. You think that at the very least he would be interested in what's going on in this world and and uh, what his son is finding. And I mean, for five seconds to just stop and be like, OK, let's look at it, you know. But no, yeah. he can't do that. And he just continued barrels on forward. And then Searcher does the same thing to Ethan and doesn't listen to him throughout the course of the movie and it's just makes it a frustrating experience for me mm -hmm. they find out that the pando is losing its power so they're trying to find out what's going on with the pando yeah. pando is seen... this plant that searcher clayed just you know discovered when he was with his dad jaeger right yeah. and then decided to he was more interested in taking the plant back home rather than you know continuing to follow his dad that's his dad disappears now then for 25 years 
But I'm a little bit confused because they talk about how he's like a farmer of this plant. And yet it's treated in the narrative as some kind of bacteria. So does he, is he farming bacteria? I don't know. I'm with you. And again, <laughs> one of the problems, they don't, I don't think they give enough information about the Pando mm-hmm. other than just, you know, they have this I'm kind like- of idyllic life on the farm and they're growing all this stuff, which has completely revolution in 25 years, completely revolutionized this, this, this civilization, mm-hmm. right? That they, you know, it powers their flying vehicles and yeah, it makes cities them very, and uh, all this stuff and gives them electricity in their homes. And anyway, because you could think if it was a bacteria that then they would start to have adverse effects, but they don't sooner. seem to be just the, you know, the big reveal does. Yeah. Yeah. Sooner rather than later, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. After, after 25 years, they're just, you know, been humming along swimmingly, and then all of a sudden, there are these problems. But they, they get into this world. They, there's this spaceship and everything, and they get into the world. They find... And it's really like, on, like Journey to the Center of the Earth is kind of what it reminded mm-hmm. me of in a way, right? They're going underground to try to find the root Right. And truly the root cause. Yeah. <laughs> right? And there's, yeah. they're helped by Callisto. Uh, yes. She shows up in the venture. Voiced uh, by Lucy Liu. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's this acid that they have to get through, which is a big tip to like what's happening. That there's this acid. Oh, stomach acid. <laughs> I'm and, just saying, and, spoiler alert. I mean, the minute that you saw that sort of bridge of basically red blood cells, you mean, you, you knew. I knew. They're Did like you know? in there. Yeah, I was just say they are in some kind of living organism. I don't know what it yeah. is. Yeah, it was so but. obvious. So the idea that this was like in the third, the way it's all set up in the third act is that this is like a huge reveal. Like, when they see that eye, I think they wanted the audience to be like, <gasps> no way. They're like, um, yeah, we kind of have like thought about this, this <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So that did not work. And then they also have the dog legend, which is a three legged dog. Yeah. So that was cute. He's cute. You know, mm-hmm. Just one of the cute animal sidekicks in a Disney film, which are often, you know, great. Legend was cute. Yep. But then they have Splat. What do you think of Splat? You know, I wanted to like Splat more than I did. <laughs> uh, it's a pantomime character and, mm-hmm. you know, clever design and played for humor. And, you know, he's, he, he helps it with the plot. And he helps rescue stuff and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I yeah, <laughs> I, it was kind of unsuccessful in a lot of ways because I also just thought, how does Splat know that that's you know that human you know how to respond in that way? This, yeah. you know, these very human responses and different stuff. And again, I don't, I think I was overthinking a little bit, but I I didn't love Splat. I, I wanted mean, to like Splat more than I did. It's true. If you think about their fantasy movies, there's always a character like this. Yeah. Whether it's the uh, in Treasure Planet, the blob. yeah, he reminded me a lot. Of yeah, yeah. Touch and, planet. Um, I was thinking, and this is interesting. I was thinking about the other day. I posted on Twitter that it's hard to think of a single sci-fi 
movie that has been successful from from actual from Disney. Like obviously Marvel and Star Wars. But you go and they've had so many flops. It's not for lack of trying. Yeah, because like the black hole flop. The black hole. But also it was not a good film. But but I mean I I have some sentimental attachment uh-huh. to it, but it's not I don't think it's a very good film. Because even the original Tron wasn't successful. I found right. that out. Right. Tron was total cult classic, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. And it, I mean, if, if you're counting Wally, I guess that's one. I think Wally was probably the only one, really, and, that's that, that. And Lilo and Stitch was a that. modest hit just because it was so cheap to make. I think it only cost $83 million to yeah. make. And made like 280 something. Yeah. And so it. But if it had been like this budget of 180, then it would have been a huge flop. But uh, but yeah, there's so few. I mean, you've got so many sci-fi flops from Disney, like Wrinkle in Time, John Carter. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then you know more recently, well, I guess not necessarily remember, but but Atlantis, Atlantis, Artemis Fowl, like yeah. And I mean, a lot of these are terrible movies, so they deserve to be flops, right. But- so it's it's a, just yeah. interesting that you would think that I mean, it just never occurred to me that they had such a hard time with sci-fi. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is interesting. Yeah, yeah. The, the Disney Disney sci-fi just can't can't nail it, and clearly this one's not going to. Tomorrowland, another flop. Oh, Tomorrowland. Yeah, that was rotten. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of interesting it how is. that seems to be the case. You know. I want to be sensitive about this, Rachel, but I know just in the interesting conversations I've had, because I've had, I've been hanging out with a lot of family this weekend mm-hmm. and my family is all over the map as far as where they are politically, you know, mm-hmm. and also just, just how they view things in the world. And that makes it interesting. Right. right and and, and right. thankfully we didn't have any big arguments. <laughs> Everybody's still talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody left with all smiles, but you know, somebody, brought up the the topic of woke, quote-unquote, woke Disney. Mm-hmm. And uh, this film, I think, is probably very representative of what that group talks about. I don't necessarily like to view it in those terms. But... No, and I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I actually think that this... I think that this did representation well. It just had it as part of the story. It was actually like meaningful to the story. It wasn't just tacked on for like 30 seconds, like some of these other supposed representation that Disney has done. To me, that's personally, to me, that is a lot more offensive than when people are just being kind of, in my opinion, patronized and given Mm -hmm. like the tiniest bit of diversity. I, I, at least this, in this case, it was like a meaningful relationship and it was part of his character and it was well-developed. And, and, and so I, I actually really appreciated that. And I don't think that it's done in like a preachy way. It's just part of his character. And they never take like a second to be like, Hey, everybody, here's how you should be feeling about this. And, And here's the lesson that we should, none of that. It's just who he is. Yeah, that's my opinion, at least. Yeah, no, I, you know, and I, th- I, I thought really the same, the, the same thing that they, that everything was handled, not with like we're gonna, we're hitting you over the head with this, but I think that again, some of the things that were you know brought up with the family discussions is that that they're even including, you know, additional stuff that. Th- that's making it political. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Or that, or that's, that, that's making it like we are forcing our point of view on your family. And I wondered if, if that is also part of some of the box office issues, but I don't know because I don't know how much that's, you know, being talked about or was even mm-hmm. a concern with people that, you know, that, that I don't know. It's hard to know. I mean, you did have people like Ben Shapiro and things like that, like making yeah. videos and right. And so who, I'm sure who've been that, vocal about anything that Disney does. Yeah, like, and you I'm know, sure, remotely like, yeah, I'm sure that that didn't help, but I think that, how do I say this? I think that we have lots of different people that deserve and should see themselves on screen. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's forcing their views on you to have, not you, but people complaining generally yeah that that i don't think it's forcing their views on to audience members to have a character that is who they are because those because we have gay people exist they are here (laughs) like i mean people need to deal with it um and uh and i think they deserve to have their stories on screen We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash Hallmarkies. The strengths of the film was the representation and the way they handled the relationship, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was woke. I don't think it was trying to proselytize any type of lifestyle or or anything. Plot politic- I don't think it was trying to proselytize any particular political ideology. Um, it's just this character and, and uh, is who he is. But, um, but anyway, I... I think it will be used as a cheap ammunition against this film when in reality, I think the problems are way beyond this. You know what? Yeah. You know, Rachel, I thought one of the bigger problems of this too was its environmental message because yeah, I felt if mean- anything was heavy handed, it was their environmental oh, yeah. stuff, you know, oh, yeah. like, cause we find out that, you know, Pando, even though it's you know powered their civilization and made 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 be able to do all this stuff, it's killing the it's killing their you know mm-hmm. it's killing their world you know you know the, the this ecosystem that they live in and I, I you know and of course I think it, absolutely important we you know we care for the earth and, and that we that we live on that's so important but I don't know 
to me, that seems like to be the issue that they were really trying to drive home. But I didn't feel like it was driven. It was really yeah. done well. You know, I think about Zootopia that handled the topic of, you know, basically bigotry <laughs> in such a deft way. Yeah. That was so well done, you know? Well, and, and so thought provoking and not yeah. like hitting you over the head. Well, and it was an outright allegory. Right. Yeah. You know, like if you're telling a, 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 you know, mother goose kind of story Mm -hmm. that have like a specific lesson that's supposed to be learned in an allegory, usually with animal characters and uh, like the ugly duckling or something like that. And, and that's the way Zootopia was, at least to me. And then it had sort of humor and buddy cop formula antics and things like that to kind of puff it out. To make it, yeah, entertaining Mm -hmm. and fun, yeah. This movie, a lot of the environmentalists didn't really even make all that much sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking as a comparison, as far as LGBTQ representation, if you think about Mitchell's versus Machines and Katie's character, and nobody really, at least that I know, nobody really complained. I, everyone I know loved that movie. Nobody complained about that representation. Yeah. Because the whole movie was just so good. So nobody cares then, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think if this whole movie had been really good, I don't think, I mean, you would have had the, you know, the true homophobes, but I think that, uh, that it gets kind of focused on because people are like defensive over the fact that people don't think it's good. Yeah. On both sides, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so, I you know I really well said it, but again, I I just felt like this was a, this ultimately for me was like this environmental fable yeah. that just you know because it doesn't make sense that the pando wouldn't have some negative like I would think that if it was really this toxic that they would be experiencing some kind of effects from eating it, using it, everything. But you, you you don't really see any of that. Nope. No, I mean, <laughs> they, yeah, you would think that they would be maybe like, I don't know, they have like the um like the fish and the Simpsons power plant, you know, with three eyes and stuff like that, or something. <laughs> there was some negative. It was really right. this damaging, it was like, and maybe because they just handled it so fast, it was just like, you know, Callista shows up. It is like, oh my gosh, these plants from the north are ill. We're going to the middle of it. You know, we're going to try to find the root system yeah. in the middle of the earth. And uh, and I guess they have the dog with three legs. I don't know if that's associated with the pando. Yeah, I don't know. I or if it was just, a, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know either. Yeah, but they pretty quickly on find the root cluster of the pando. They think it's being attacked, but in truth, it's actually a parasite. Yep. That's attacking and- their, yeah, their life form that they're you know living on yeah and there's just more fighting between jager and searcher and ethan (laughs) yeah just fight 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 (laughs) and then between searcher and ethan they fly around this is when they find the giant eye yeah they actually go through to the other side of this mountain range that they you know are are living and then it's like i don't know and i and yeah 
In the way they set it up, it's really like it's supposed to be this unbelievable moment. Like, (laughs) it literally like it starts out just sort of the dark pupil, and then it pans back, and you're and then this music, yeah, and you're supposed to just be like, (gasps) (laughs) and it doesn't happen. No, it does not. It fizzles so bad. And (laughs) yeah, that was such a dud. The way that you know. Because yeah. really, we don't get, we still, we don't really completely know where they, I mean, they were in some kind of creature that's living on a big planet, right? Because they, at the very end, there's that final kind of pan out yeah. shot that <laughs> reveals like, oh, well, that looks like a turtle. Yeah, I, I felt like it was like. In an ocean. To, it's supposed to be this like the uh, 2001 is space odyssey you know like panning yeah. up and the the monkey throwing the bone you know it's like whoa <laughs> it was so underwhelming <laughs> and and i almost wish that that shot or something even maybe just more detailed and not so far that went so far back happened at that eye reveal yeah. you know that i mean we figured it out just you know instantly when the eye but but also just like what it was just it was almost more confusing than it was you know yeah interesting it i was, was and in my brain i was just thinking oh look it's the heart of tafiti or whatever you know that they were gonna <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> which would have been better <laughs> yeah and like i said the best part of the movie aside from the very intro was the when they're all locked in the closet yeah that was a great scene when they're you know, just kind of working together to get out and and the, the humor's good, you know. This with and the dog is glad. Yeah, I wrote down the best part of the movie was when they're all locked in a closet. That shouldn't be the case in an adventure story. <laughs> well said, Rach. <laughs> well said. They figure out that this root cluster is the heart. It's beating, beat, 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 and uh, and then yeah, then you get that pan out of like, oh, it's a turtle. <laughs> Uh, wherever then, they are it's yeah they're on the back of some giant turtle yeah yeah and and i think one of the hardest things is when you have an enemies to lovers story which is like a family version of that you know they start out kind of hating each other and they're supposed to end kind of uh in a better place you have to know when to switch switch it right yeah. and if you wait too long the audience is going to hate your characters uh, you've seen this in many rom-coms that wait too long to change the characters and from fighting and being enemies, right? You have to switch it to now all of a sudden now they're interested in each other. You know, they're growing, the tension is growing and they're getting more interested. And obviously this isn't a romance, but they waited too long. Like even towards this very end, they're still fighting with each other. Even, Ethan is still fighting with Searcher and Searcher is still fighting with Jagger and Jagger with Ethan and, you know, everybody. And the, the female characters are, are just kind of there to like fly the ship. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. barely do I, anything. Yeah. I liked, I liked the, the, the mother character voiced by Gabrielle Union, but you're right. You know, she kind of acts as a, sometimes a bit of a bit of an intermediary, but she's more just like, uh, oh, you just fight it out, whatever. Yeah. You know? She like she, she, you know, she didn't really 
care to, like the, like oh my gosh i'm meeting my father-in-law you know what i mean there wasn't, wasn't any of that i didn't <laughs> either she's just kind of oh you know just yeah there's there just not a whole lot of character development on her part yeah that's for sure yeah definitely yeah which so is, which is too bad. and then you know i thought that callisto mall you know the lucy Liu character was an interesting idea you know because she she had been on the you know on the expeditions with with Jaeger Clade, right? Prior when she was younger, and then now she's mayor, but or, or whatever you know, president or whatever her her role is. But yeah, underdeveloped, really underdeveloped. You just you know, mm-hmm. it, there could be a lot of interesting stuff about her. There was a moment, and I, you know you and I talked about this, but oh no. They're going to reveal that she's the villain. Yes. You know? And like, yeah. I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Are we going to get another one of these, you know, villain reveals, in, in, you know, in between the second or third act? Like, oh, please. Yeah, that would have been so cringe. So that good job been, in avoiding that. Yeah, I'm so glad they, they that that didn't happen. <laughs> but, ugh. Yeah. So we find out, we get a one year later, an epilogue, with Ethan is in a relationship with his crush from earlier. Diazo is the name. And they're in this. They're in the strange world. They're in this. They're in the center of the turtle, mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. stuff. You know, kind of cleaning up after the pando and yeah, and uh, and it's like you know, just kind of focusing on like yeah, exploration and doing you know cool stuff down there. And pando is has turned to wind turbines. Yeah. So evidently that's enough to <laughs> run their civilization. They don't well, need fossil fuels, evidently. Well, they, yeah, and they, it sounds like, if I'm not mistaken, with some of the narration that they had to give up, like, their coffee makers and stuff in the houses because oh. they weren't getting as much electricity. But I could I could be wrong on that, Rage. Yeah, I mean, it's too bad they can't find a way to grow the pando, far, harvest it without, you know, infecting, I guess, the, I guess it would go through the ground and, and the, cause problems but yeah yeah uh, and then and then jaeger becomes a farmer with his son that's Mm -hmm. how he's that's how he's living out the next this next chapter of his of -hmm. his life and that that animation is kind of cute you know as there because again the whole the whole relationship you know this because i mean the father-son stuff resonated with me rach because you know hello i have a dad Mm -hmm. right and i don't have any kids but 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 i have a parent you know I have a father and, and, and also I'm, you know, close with my family and understand interesting to see like my, how my brother, you know, was with his, his mm-hmm. kids and all this stuff. And he's got grandkids now. And anyway, that, that stuff resonated with me, but I totally hear what you're saying. Cause all it was, was fighting up until the very end. I mean, I guess I'm very fortunate in the fact that I have been lucky to live in sort of a conflict uh, light uh, existence, you know, that my parents never really fought around us, like very, very little. I mean, my my brother and I fought a lot, but <laughs> as far as my parents or certainly my father, uh, not much. Yeah. There's a few, a few things when I was a teenager, I, I will admit that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I don't know, I just feel like if you're going to have this kind of bickering in a certainly a family film, then you need to make it pay off and the relationship be great and f- like all the feels. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just didn't feel it, it didn't come together for me. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I said in my review, which I'll put in the link in, just said, I know animated films are hard to make and that a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went into this film. But in the era of Into the Spider-Verse and Guillermo del Pinocchio, you have to do better. It's no surprise Strange World received the lowest cinema score of any Disney film ever. It's not interesting or enchanting, and the characters bickering the whole time makes for a thoroughly unpleasant experience. I said, if you want my advice, wait for Puss in Boots, <laughs> Last Wish, and watch yeah. this on Disney Plus, or just watch Encanto for the 30th time with your family. This right. is certainly because Encanto is yeah far superior film yes you know that's basically what i tell my family too is just like you know if you want if you really want to see it watch on disney plus but uh, yeah and i said and that's not you know that's not helping the box office but like why should they spend all that money on this film which sadly is just not very Mm -hmm. good and i said about the representation i said the lgbtq representation is better executed than any previous Disney film. And I appreciate it being well done. However, the movie still has to be good around that representation. And that, and and this just isn't. Yeah. Well said. That's what I said. So I did put out a quick Twitter for, Oh, uh, you did. Yeah. I don't know how much, cause I kind of forgot, but Oh, I did. We just got one response, but it's a good one. So from uh, our friend Kyle, he says, It's a fun B-flick throwback adventure with really cool art direction, score, and world building. Paced like a Bugatti and edited as if someone diced it. Wish it have allowed us to sink ourselves into that world atmosphere a little more, but overall enjoyed it. So We got a few more responses that I wanted to read since we did the recording. Uh, So here we go. Here is... Uh, some of the followers' responses to Strange World. Scott Menzel says, painfully mediocre and instantly forgettable. Sam Waters says, visually ambitious and stylistically earnest. Strange World unfortunately falls apart in light of its unlikable characters, unfocused story, and painfully on-the-nose metaphors. Uh, piecing it together, Pot says, the dog ruled. It's fu- fun, but nothing special. Lightyear wishes it was as good as this movie. Uh, Justin Bostonian says, just finished. I had some problems, but I actually really, really liked it. Uh, And then Kyle Snape says, it's fine, but not much else. I enjoyed the message the film had about generational boundaries and the world is pretty, I guess. But there's very little to write home about. The first Disney film in a while that I have very little to say about. Not bad, just very nothing. Uh, and then Eric Sam Tall gave it a B minus. So some of the thoughts uh, on the Twitter feed. You know, my one of well, I went with a friend to see it who, other than knowing that it was from Walt Disney Animation Studios, he didn't know you know what uh-huh. what what it was, and he he quite enjoyed it. You know, just uh-huh. just just for what it was, just 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 you know, just a fun adventure flick. And you know, and, and enjoy the animation and whatnot. And he definitely didn't have the issues with the story, like uh, you know, the script that I <laughs> that I did. But I can, I guess, in a way, I can see his point too. You know, that 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 uh, for him coming into a cult, just just it was a pleasant. And then I think though, because the animation was so beautiful, that that was also sure yeah part of the reason why you know well and why he enjoyed it but it's a different not that critics can't enjoy 
just sit back and enjoy a movie. We, I do that all the time. Of course. Um, but it is a different experience when you're you're trying to critique something and well, trying to figure out, okay, how do I feel about this? Should I recommend it to other people? Absolutely. It's a different experience. And, uh, and sometimes it can make you uh, just, it makes you realize some of the flaws of things that you might not realize yeah. if you were just like, hanging out (laughs) well no exactly and i think too for me given my devotion to the studio Mm -hmm. my expectations particular are i think are particularly high going into any one of these films and uh it's hard for me even if i didn't know much about it you know like i didn't get to see the roy conley presentation or whatever right i still think my expectations would have been really high and you know, just 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 continue to be disappointed, disappointed with the cruddy marketing, and then also disappointed that it just the the that the film wasn't better. Well, and I, one last thing I wanted to bring up: somebody on Twitter was saying that with this movie, it is clear the revival era is over, and we've talked about this a ton in our ranking episodes and other things about the different eras. But I kind of agree. I feel like I mean, there's a side of me that thinks like you've said a bunch of times that was really with Raya was the beginning of the post revival era. And I, I've, I'm feeling that at the very least, because I, I don't know. I just think this sort of Jennifer Lee era is kind of a new era. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I, you know, I agree. Cause again, my opinion is that the Jennifer Lee era started with, with, with Raya, but right. uh, I, and this just is, I think just one of the, one of those films that's that happens to not be very good because <laughs> yeah. I think Raya is even a much better well, film. Than like this. Raya had some story problems. Raya has flaws, yeah. no question. It has story problems. It should have been a musical, <laughs> but it has it has really good action. The animation's wonderful, and there is a lot of heart. It definitely has its heart in the right place, mm-hmm. uh, and I felt way more attached to all of those characters. All those characters. And there were a lot of characters. Yeah. You know, there's a lot going on in that movie, and I did the same, but a lot more uh, invested with all those characters and the story. Yeah. Then I did, then I did in this one, but you know, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the film wish next year. Now you got to see some of this at D 23, which I, you know, which I didn't, but I've yeah. seen a little bit of the stuff that that's been, I do have to say it. that. So they have this trailer that was so self congratulatory. So like about like, I don't know about the Walt Disney Animated Studios. I mean, it's where else are you going to say without a D23? Everybody's going to go crazy. Right. Um, and that it was all like accumulating, accumulating into this star that that this character was going to be wishing on. And it was going to have all of the the uh, the princess and prin- princesses and princes of Disney past all accumulating into the star and the wishing star. And that. I don't know. It was pretty, it was pretty cringe. I'm not going to lie, but <laughs> the animation looked beautiful. And then to have Ariana Bose like show right. up and sing was pretty amazing. That's amazing. And it, you know, it was obviously just concept animation, but still it looked pretty cool. And so, you know, I'll always be excited for a Disney animated. Me too. I, was just say, I will always be excited and always have high expectations. Yeah. And I'm hoping that wish is going to be good. I do too. And I, I, 
I think the the song was really good. The song was beautiful. And I forget who they said did the music is doing the music, but yeah, I I will always look forward to I mean pretty much we'll look forward to any animated musical, yeah. but especially one from Disney. So yeah, so, this one is a bummer. Yeah. It I it is one I could kind of see having a cult following. Uh, people say no, it's very underrated or whatever. But uh that won't be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rachel, I've got a couple more things just to run past you while we're talking about this. I hope that's okay. First off, you know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking about in 1990 when, so 1989, the the Little Mermaid killed it, right? Just like blew us all away. Mm -hmm. And then in 1990, you know, I was one of the handful of people who went and saw the wrestlers down under. Right. Because that was a that was a instant fail too. You know, right. it it tanked on opening weekend. I can't remember how much it we did. Gave but... up on it right away. And like I said, Disney does this all the yeah. time. And the studio so completely gave up on it and said, you know, that, you know, no marketing, no anything. We're done. We're moving on. And then Beauty and the Beast comes out, right? And then Aladdin. I mean, so so I just I wonder if 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 this you know if, if Strange World is maybe kind of the rescuers down under of our current time period, you know that. Maybe wish that maybe Disney's going to come back with Wish and they're just going to hit it out of the park yeah. again. I mean, or, you, you hope so with the new leadership that's putting things back in the hand of creatives, which is where it should be. Yeah, uh, making it's interesting because whenever they seem to take decision making out of the hands of the creative, I know. it seems like the the uh, everything just becomes worse. You know, like yeah. you would think that creatives. Uh, that you would think that if they were like really trying to be super budget conscious and taking those taking things out of the hand of the creatives, then they wouldn't make mo- movies that lose like millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, but but yeah, it was and, the same way with Atlantis and with I mean, yeah. but I would rather watch Atlantis than this. Oh, Atlantis I watch, has oh. its flaws, but at least it's fun. Yeah, Atlantis is totally imperfect, but there's so much to like, I think, mm-hmm. about it, too. It's really, really an interesting film with a lot of interesting ideas, where this one is just like, they've gone inside some kind of a, some kind of a living being, you know? Yeah. But now what? It was just like... Uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's... Um, do you think, too, though, so a lot of the last question is that, do you think that, Disney or Walt Disney Animation Studios or now that Bob Chapek's out of the way, or do you think there's going to be some kind of a, any kind of changes? You know, like, they're are, are they going to change their slate or, you know, change upcoming stuff because this, this film is done so poorly? Well, I wouldn't be at all surprised if some of the things announced don't... I can't think of an exact one, but I'm sure there will be projects that won't be pushed forward and then other ones that had either new ones or ones that had been shelved previously will then be reinvigorated both on the parks and on the uh, the film side there is not a doubt in my mind that we are going to see a lot less on disney plus and uh, that uh, that's going to be uh, more of a catalog service as opposed to a new yeah. service. I mean, we'll still get some, but uh, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It's never made sense to me. I mean, if you think about it, that on Disney plus people are paying what, like $11 a month or something. 
I don't know. Yeah, I pay whatever the latest. I pay yearly, so I, I don't know. Yeah, I pay yearly too, so I'm not <laughs> sure what the monthly, you know, the, yeah, the standard Something like fee that. is. And that to go for one ticket to a film is is going to be sometimes double that to see. You might pay twenty dollars to see yeah. a film, depending on you know where you live and and whether you go to matinee or whatever. And so they are making even for flops they you think of how and that's a whole month that they have to sell and provide content for and so it just doesn't make sense i mean that's why disney i mean that's why netflix has this huge debt because they have projects like the crown 100 million dollars and yeah stuff like that and they have to get so many people to subscribe to in order subscribe for it to, in be order profitable. to yeah to be profitable and and yeah. in, in the last quarter i was reading that disney plus streaming lost like 1.5 billion dollars on the, there was this wall street journal article so the the i mean i think all of the stuff was part of it for chapek but the main reason he lost his job is because that fourth quarter in my opinion yeah. from everything i've seen the the fourth quarter earnings call was so bad that it, somebody had to pay the price and he was yeah. the one and the one. as soon as of course they hire bob Iger, the stock clips back up again which is what they wanted yeah um, and so I just don't see how in the future and I don't see how it would make any sense to be putting disenchanted, putting hocus pocus to things like that onto Disney plus. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Well, I guess I have one more question about this then Rachel. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you think that because of how Disney's put, you know, the last three Pixar movies or, or prior to Lightyear, you know, yeah. straight to Disney plus, Encanto really didn't become a hit until it I made it to Disney+. Disney Plus. Plus. That's a good point. Do you think that, you know, are Disney fans now conditioned just to wait, you know, for it to get put on to Disney+, Plus yeah. in order to watch it rather than <laughs> going to the theater? It's true. I, it's a tricky thing. I don't know what I would do. Because, I mean, you think about Netflix, they have this glass onion that probably would have made $350 million if they put, put it in the for an extended, yep. you know, and done a real, like, publicity push and everything. Yeah. Is it going to really make them new subscribers? I mean, for how much they had to pay for it. Is it really going to, is it really yep. going to make $350 million domestic? For them, I find that hard to believe. I don't know. I, the whole model just doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, you're right. And like people have now become acclimated, conditioned to it. So, so you have to have something that's like super buzzworthy, like like Top Gun Maverick, or yeah, um, that, or just make spend less money on your on your properties. So something like say Smile. There was a little horror movie Smile that stayed in the top five forever and for, yeah, made for weeks. a ton of money. And I don't know how, I don't know what the budget is, but it was like eight million yeah, or something. something like <laughs> it was like low. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I could be wrong, but it seemed like it was yeah, low. Yeah. So I think that's, it's, I don't know. It's a tricky, I don't envy Bob Iger his job. I don't either. He's got, he's got a challenge. And <laughs> you know, tough. one of the big challenges I think too is, 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 you know, repairing relationships internally because you know everything that we I think yeah. we talked about the same thing we read. Like Pixar, they're ticked. 
Yeah. Right? That they they were forced to put their films out on, you know, on Disney Plus with with no theatrical run. But then, Mm -hmm. you know, Lightyear showed up and it was, it fizzled Mm -hmm. too. And Mm -hmm. and I think that, that, you know, that was probably a combination of people were confused by the concept. Yeah. And and also the film was just kind of ho hum. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. It was a weird idea. I didn't. And, and, uh, Mm -hmm. But still, though, was that the same thing? Like people were just gonna, you know, we're all just gonna wait and watch mm-hmm. it on, on, on Disney Plus. So I, I yeah, don't know. it's I, tricky. I mean, and now they, I feel like they've stretched their their Marvel goodwill to its its breaking point uh, with three. I mean, I, I think Black Panther, well, Wakanda Forever, was pretty well received. Yeah, and then two doing that were pretty well, right? More, I think I think its box office is pretty solid. More divisive, and I hung around with Marvel for a long time, and then finally this year, I just couldn't keep up with all the shows. It was too much. I did. I watched like two episodes of Moon Knight. I watched two episodes of Miss Marvel. I just couldn't watch it. All. I was just too busy. And I think a lot yeah. of people are feeling that way. Like it used to be pretty easy to like keep up with you know, a couple of movies a year and then uh, the, you know, beginning because of the pandemic, you could watch the series, but there was just so much Marvel content this year that unless you were like hardcore, yeah. I, I think it's pretty tough. So oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. That's a problem. I didn't even try. Yeah. You're hardcore. Like I, yeah. I, I was a big, you know, MCU fan and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. I just don't have time. I never yes. watched G Hulk. And it's just the whole experience is so unpleasant of talking about it that it's not worth it uh, anyway. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a, so they're kind of on a weird spot, I think, even with their most reliable and consistent franchise with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the parks are in a weird spot. Everybody's upset about the, you know, raising of prices. Yeah, the horrible of- prices it increases. And then also the taking away or the charging of, services that used to be included mm-hmm. and, and the lack and, of uh, passes that yeah. they only have hard, the magic keys thing seems like a big flop and i mean last time i went for d23 and we i was there at disneyland for like four days yeah i i had a good time and uh i because i really enjoy the park but there were a lot of things that i noticed like ooh. Like the fact that I paid ten dollars for the smallest cup of chili imaginable, and that it sucked. Too, it was. Right? I mean, it was fine, but it was so small. Like I don't even know if it was a full cup. It was so small. Ten dollars. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I mean, because like the Disney food's always been expensive, but I always felt like it. It was reason like reasonable, and that was just outrageous to me. Like it yeah. was like. It was expensive for an amusement park, right? But but this was just, I mean, and then I went to the the Chinese food place and I spent like $30 for this tiny little plate of food. I don't yeah. know. I just, uh, I they have a lot of problems. They got a lot to do. I do, I do not envy Bob Iger. No. He has got... A huge task in front of him, not to mention trying to find his, you know, new successor. Mm-hmm. But you know, I wish him happy, and I hope, I, I really hope that he can ride the ship. Yeah, you know, I really hope he can ride the ship. I mean, because the world of entertainment is better with a thriving Disney, even if Absolutely. people 
don't like Disney, think you know, have jaded views on Disney. Yeah. You have to acknowledge that if they're making quality, that's going to encourage everyone else to make quality. Yeah. It's going to if their parks are quality, it's going to encourage everyone else to be quality. Uh, and and it they're just too big to want to fail. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Interesting stuff to think about and all just kind of really encapsulated with Strange World. You know, Strange World I feel is is just kind of a product of a of a dysfunctional Disney, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was thinking, and we haven't really even talked about this, but I was thinking for our next episode, so this will be in January, I was thinking of I was thinking that we could do Enchanted. Yeah, that'd be fun. Absolutely, because I watched Disenchanted, but I haven't seen Enchanted in quite a while. So uh, that, I think, would be really, really fun. That'll be fun. So let us know what you think if you're listening. I know this is a long episode. So if you I want to say there was a lot to talk about. (laughs) Put in the, uh, the comments section. If you listen to this whole thing, put in what can we do? Hashtag strange world, Rachel and Stan. <laughs> if you really love perfect. It. Anyway, put that in, then we'll know that you listen to the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, let us know what you think of this movie. Uh, what do you think of the things that we talked about, both as far as Disney Studios in general, but then also the uh, the movie itself. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, in the comment section or on Twitter. You can find us at Disney Talking on Twitter. And Stanford, where can people find you? Uh, I'm still on Twitter, at Stanford Clark. And uh, also, I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Yeah, we survived the Twitter apocalypse. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what's yet to come. <laughs> but uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So check that out. Also, uh, you can find me at Hallmarkies Podcast. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us a lot. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun and the best way that you can help support what we do. And we also have the merch store. You can hashtag Animation Junkie shirt. So check that out. And uh, thanks so much, everybody. Hope you have a great December. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bye.